Well, good morning and Happy New Year. We're so glad that all of you chose to be here today, as well as all those watching online. Welcome. We're glad to have you. I want to extend a special welcome to all of our guests. So this time of year, throughout the entire month of January, we have a lot of people that will log online or come as a guest, and some of that has to do with New Year's resolutions, right? Like we all have something uh, we want to do in the next month or the next year, things, maybe it's financially or it's your health or whatever it might be, but sometimes that's some spiritual decisions and resolutions. And sometimes it's, it's finding a church. So I want to encourage you, if you're in the church search process, uh, something that I've noticed the longer I've been in ministry, uh, just a, a few like insider tips that'll help you out. I would encourage you to log on or attend a church at least three or four times the same church. Because if it's like Fearless Church, uh, you may not like the preacher, right? You may not like him, but if you stay around here three or four weeks, you'll see that we use a teaching team model. So there's different people that communicate on this stage. Uh, and, and you'll find out more about the church if you go more than just once. So I encourage you to go multiple times. Another thing is, as you're looking for a church, choose people over programs. Programs will come and go, but the people of God that is what the body of Christ is. That's what the church really is. So get to know some people before you make a decision. And the final thing I would share with you is you are not going to find the perfect church because every church is full of people and people are broken. People like me say and do things that might hurt you and, and vice versa. So no matter what church you go to, you're not gonna find the perfect church. So I encourage you, once you find a church that you say, you know what, this feels like the right place for me, then commit. Go all in. Get connected in that church. Serve in that church. If it's not Fearless Church, that's okay. We'd love to help you find a local church. Or if you're watching online, maybe we can help you in whatever city you're in, help you find a church because we want to help you plug in. Because when you're part of a church, you'll see that God is going to use the people of God to help you know Him better and grow Him. And finally, if you're in this search process of who God is, one of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So for some of you, you may be sitting in this room, you may log online, and you're like, man, I'm not even really interested that much in church. I want to know, does God love me? After the stuff that I did, or after the things that I experienced last year, whether it be health, finances, relationally, you're just like, I, I'm, to be honest, dude, I'm giving God a chance. I'm giving God a try. I'm going to see if he's worth it. Then I, here's what I would say to you. When you seek him, seek him with all your heart. Go all in and say, man, I'm going to figure this out. 2022 is going to be that year I figure out, is God real? And if he's real, does he love me? Does he love people like me? And what does he want to do in and through my life? So as a guest of ours, again, I'm so excited you're here because today I want to share some insider information. I want to start with our vision where we believe God is leading us as a church. We say it this way. We believe that God is leading us to initiate a mighty multiplication movement of God, one that's empowered by God. It's not something that we come up with, but God gets all the credit and God does all the work in and through us where we truly become disciples who make disciples, working together to be a church who starts churches. And the exciting news around here is in 2022, we are going to start our very first multiplying church. It's called Four Dayton. It's here in Dayton, Ohio. We're getting our associate pastor, Chris Volts, and his family, along with an amazing launch team. We're gonna send them out from this place to reach the over 500,000 people in and around the greater Dayton area who aren't connected to any church at all. We need all kinds of churches that meet all kinds of times and ways to connect with people. Connect with people in some unique ways. Become all things, 
to all people so that by all means some might be saved. And so I want to invite you and your family to an event two weeks from today called Countdown to Launch. And so it'll be right in this room, four o'clock. We even have childcare available. You can check it out online. Uh, if you need that child care. But I want to encourage you to be here. Even if you're a guest of ours, you're welcome to be a part of this and come and find out how you can be involved. There's different levels, different ways that you can be involved. You may go out with that launch team. You may stay here and do some things here to help support them from a distance, whatever that may be. But come and attend. And during that meeting, we're also going to reveal some insider information, including the official launch date of for Dayton. So I'll be there. I sure hope you will be as well. Now, another thing as a guest of ours, I love that you're here because today we're kicking off a brand new message series entitled, Get a W. How do we win? How do we get in the win column of our lives? Now, around here, what we do, instead of having one message with multiple points, we do an entire series of messages with one point each week. That makes sense. So think of a series as one sermon or one message versus a bunch of different messages, one message with different points each and every week. And we try to make the points memorable and very applicable if we can. But for the whole series, what we like to do is say, okay, what's the big idea? What are we trying to accomplish over the next few weeks as we walk through this particular topic? And the, the, the big idea for this series is more of a question. And it's this question right here. What does it look like to win as a fearless follower of Jesus. What does it look like to win as a fearless follower of Jesus? Now, the reason we use this phrase, a fearless follower of Jesus, is because it has to do with our mission, why we exist as a church. And I'll remind you, if you've been around here for a while, our mission is simple. It's that we want to become fearless followers of Jesus who change the world. God doing something both in us and through us. And, and, and the question for this entire series is, how do we know if we're succeeding? How do we know if we're winning? Like, how, how do we measure success? How do we determine what is a win? How do we, as Fearless Church, get a W? Now, before we dive in, I know something that's true about you in 2022. You want to get a W. You want to win. You want to succeed at life. When it comes to your health, you want to be stronger and healthier, not weaker and sick. When it comes to your relationships, you want to make friends, not lose friends. When it comes to work, you want to get a promotion, not get fired. When it comes to school, right, you want to pass the class or graduate, not flunk and fail out. Even when it comes to your faith, the fact that you're here, the fact that you logged on tells me something. At the end of this year, 2022, you want to be stronger in your faith, not weaker. So how do we know? How do we know if we're succeeding? How do we know if we're getting a W? What counts as a win? In order for us to win in any part of our life, we always need to have some kind of measurement. In this case, if we're talking about spiritually, we need to have like a spiritual scoreboard, if you will. Well, Jesus said it this way. He said that a disciple is not above his teacher, but when he is fully trained, he will be like his teacher. I mean, that's the ultimate win right there. Jesus is like, what I want you to do is I want you to become like me. I simply said, Jesus wants us to think, act, and be like him. To think, act, and be like him. To have beliefs, behaviors, and even become like Jesus in our character. The way Jesus thought about the world, the way he thought about us, the way he thought about God the Father and the Spirit and himself is perfect. So if you think like Jesus, then you have what's known as healthy or good doctrine, right beliefs about God. Another question is in 2022, 
in the greater Dayton area, how would Jesus act? How would he behave? What would his lifestyle would be? Where would he go? Where would he not go? Who would he interact with? How would he interact with them? What would he do? Because his desire for you and his desire for me is to act like him and be like him. That's talking about the character of Christ. The gentleness, the kindness, the goodness, the generosity, all these things that we learn about Jesus as we read the Bible and how he lived his life on this earth, even to the point of sacrificing himself on the cross, how he sacrificed his life for us. He came to serve, not to be served. All these things developing the character of Christ in us. Now, here's the problem. Jesus was perfect and we are not. When you read this, you might say, oh man, this is, this is great, like very aspirational. But every one of us fail at this all the time, myself included. We live and, and, and we don't act like Jesus all the time. We don't think like Jesus would think. We are, our character isn't like Christ. We're not being like Jesus and so what does it really look like to win in that if we're not going to be able to think, act, and, and exactly be like Jesus? And here's what I'd say. Don't miss this. We counter to win when we have progress, not perfection. Following Jesus is not about being perfect because this side of heaven, you and I are never going to be perfect, but we can make progress. We can grow. We can develop. We can mature. So as you sit here on Sunday, January 2nd, and you think about the next week, the next month, this entire year, and you project what you want to be true about your life, how are you gonna make progress spiritually? How are you gonna grow? How are you gonna mature? How are you gonna strengthen in your faith? And if you do, how do we even know you're winning? What are the markers that determine whether or not we're accomplishing what God has called us to accomplish as individuals and as a whole church? What do we count as a win? So around here, we say it this way. We counted a win when someone can say, and we have basically six categories, six statements that we say look like what it means for someone to win in following Jesus. And here they are. I am a follower. We are a family. I am a servant. I am a guide. I am a giver. And I am a multiplier. So here's what we're going to do. Over the next six weeks, we're going to dive into each one of these. We're gonna look at how we at Fearless Church define these and what this looks like individually to be lived out in your life and all of us corporately together. And, and, and my challenge for you at the end of this series is to pick one or two of these areas that you feel like, you know what? This year, 2022, this is the area I wanna focus on growing. None of us are gonna be perfect, but we can all make progress. We can all lean in and say, okay, how do I grow? How do I mature? How do I develop as a guide? How do I become a guy that helps other people and guides them into a real relationship with Jesus? People that are far from God, how do I guide that? How do I become a better servant? Whatever it might be. So today, what we're gonna start off with is what I would argue is the most important one and probably the most challenging one. And that is the first one, I am a follower. Can you say that? Can you say that about yourself? Can you truly say, I am a follower? Well, it depends. What, what do we mean when we say, I'm a follower? What are we talking about? And we'd say to follow Jesus in our daily life looks something like this. I seek to follow God daily, being led by his spirit and directed by his word. When we talk about following Jesus, it means that we individually and we as a church say, you know what? We're gonna seek to follow God daily, not just Sunday morning, not just during our community group. We're gonna seek to follow him throughout the day, being led by his spirit and directed by his word. So what I wanna do is take just a moment 
and kind of break down this definition. Let's start with the very first part. Follow God daily. 22 different times, Jesus said this phrase, follow me. As Jesus was beginning to teach like no one else taught, as he was doing miraculous things, and he was going about in Galilee and Nazareth and various places, individuals, men and women, young and old, began to follow him, and he called them out. He said, come and follow me. And I just want you to understand this. Following Jesus is not the same as, as holding a, a set of intellectual principles, ideas, or beliefs. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's a life commitment. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and that he rose from the grave, that doesn't mean you're following Jesus. In fact, James said it this way. You say you have faith, for you believe there's one God. So you, there's some information you believe about God. And some of you, you're in that category. You're like, no, no, I, I really do believe there was this man named Jesus who was 100% man and 100% God. Some of you really do believe that he died on the cross and he rose from the grave. So do the demons. Believing these facts isn't the same as following. See, Satan and the demons of hell do not follow Jesus. They know he's God's son. They know he died on the cross. They know he rose from the grave. It's not even a faith issue for them. That's fact. But they refuse to bow their knee, bow their life, bow their heart and say, I'm going to believe and trust and have faith that follows. Jesus calls us to follow him. He said these strong statements. He says, look, if you want to be my follower, and some of you, again, I recognize you're in here today. You're watching online because you're considering this. You might want to follow Jesus. And Jesus says, if it is, the first thing out of the gate, you got to turn from your selfish ways. This is a daily struggle for me because I wake up with my own wishes, wants, and desires. It's hard for me, and I think it's hard for most of you, not to live a selfish life. I know what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want it. And Jesus says, if you're gonna follow me, Chris, you turn away from your selfishness and you take up your cross daily. That means you identify yourself as a follower of Jesus, bring yourself underneath the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ, where he's your master, he's your boss, he's your ruler, he's running the show. And then he says, follow me. So in 2022, what does it look like to follow Jesus? First of all, it looks like daily being led by his spirit. Again, you can search the world all day today and you will not find the son of God, Jesus. He ascended after the resurrection. He spent 40 days interacting with a lot of different people, teaching and doing all kinds of things. And then he ascended into heaven. You can read about it in Acts chapter one if you want to later today. He ascended into heaven. And after that, 10 days after that, he gave them the Holy Spirit of God. And so the way that we follow Jesus, because we don't have a man to look at and follow and listen to and walk around, we follow him by being led by the spirit that he gave us. So what is the Holy Spirit? Again, most of you, I think, have heard this before, but I wanna repeat it just to make sure we're on the same page. All throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible functions to reveal to us who God is and how we can know him. Not simply know facts, truly know him. I'm talking about a real dynamic daily relationship. And throughout the scriptures, you'll see different words and phrases that reveal the character of God and the nature of God. And part of the nature of God, and you've probably heard this again before, is the Holy Trinity. Now, you're not gonna find the word Trinity anywhere in the Bible. So if you search and try to find it, Trinity is a man-made idea based on what we see in scripture. 
So theologians and just really smart men and women that love the Lord and have studied this stuff for years, present day and past, have made up this term that recognizes the Holy Trinity. That means there's one God who exists in three persons, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, each one of those, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is 100% God. Holy Spirit, 100% God. Son, 100% God. Father, 100% God. They are 100% the same in their deity, their essence, their character. But they are distinct and different in their role and relationship to us and one another. One of the easiest examples to think about, it was Jesus, the Son, God the Son, who died on the cross. It was God the Father who was the righteous judge in that moment. It is the Spirit of God that indwells and lives in the heart and the life of anyone who commits their life to follow Jesus. Paul would say it this way. When you heard the word of truth, now what is the word of truth? This is the very next phrase, the gospel of your salvation. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And I can't share with you the good news without sharing with you the bad news. Here's the bad news. Every one of us is born a sinner. And sin is simply disobeying God. And the Bible tells us, and you already know this about yourself, and if it's not about yourself, you know it about all the people you live with. We sin all the time. The Bible says everybody is guilty of sin and the wages of sin is death. That means eternal, relational, physical, spiritual separation from God in a very literal, eternal place called hell. Now, here's the really bad news. There is absolutely nothing we can do. Let me repeat that. There is nothing you can do to avoid hell. We're destined to sin and be separated from God in hell. There's nothing we can do. Going to church enough won't do it. Being good enough, because I think that's what some of us think. We think, well, here's what I'm gonna do. Like, dude, by the time I die, I hope the good stuff I do in my life versus the bad stuff I do weighs it out. And there'll be some kind of cosmic scale and God will be like, yep, good news. You let that, help that old lady cross the street, ding, ding, ding. That was just enough to get you by, Right? And we hope that's the way it'll be. And we live this insecure life because we're hoping we can do enough. And God's like, nope, you can't do enough. You're broken and separated. I'm broken and separated. So God took the initiative. This is why God sent his son, Jesus. Do you know Jesus didn't die on the cross for his sin? The Bible says he was tempted in every way, just like you and me. So the stuff you're tempted to say and do that is sinful, he was tempted the same way, yet never one time sin. Not one time. When he died on the cross, he took on himself my sin, your sin, the sin of the world. He became a substitutionary sacrifice for us. And he took on the punishment, which is death for our sin. The good news is, no matter who, who you are, where you've been or what you've done. Anyone who turns to Jesus, and just like it says here, and believes in who he is. I'm not just talking about the facts. I'm talking about a faith that follows. This is Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe your death, burial, resurrection. I believe that and only that is what makes me right with you. Jesus, I wanna follow you. Anyone who believes in that type of way, he becomes sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The third part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit. Now, don't miss this. This is what Paul says. He says, look, remember this. The Spirit of God, okay, the next phrase is important, who raised Jesus from the dead. Our faith, if you're a follower of Jesus, or even if you're considering being a follower of Jesus, hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. 
The apostle Paul says, if there's no resurrection of Jesus, there is no faith. Your faith is futile, it's useless. Everything we believe and rest on is the reality that Jesus rose from the grave, giving eternal victory over all sin and death for anyone who puts their faith in Jesus. We depend on the resurrection. And how did he rise? The spirit of God rose him from the grave. And watch this. That same spirit, what does it say? Lives in you. Don't miss this. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Isn't that amazing? To think about the power of God, the presence of God residing in anyone who makes an all-in commitment to follow Jesus, to believe in who he is and what he's done for us. The spirit of God lives inside us. You know, let me just say this, and this sounds real obvious. Every one of us is born physically alive. You're like, yes, that duh, right? We got that. In the same way, every one of us is born spiritually dead. This is the language of the Bible. It's not my language. We're born spiritually dead. We're born not seeking after God. No one seeks him, not one. We're born spiritually dead, but then the Holy Spirit of God does something. The Holy Spirit of God, when we put our faith in Christ, makes us alive, alive in Christ. And Paul says it this way to the church in Galatia. He says, since we are made alive or living by the Spirit, watch this phrase, let us follow the Spirit's leading in most of your life. No. I wish it said that. Because I could compartmentalize like I like to do in my life. And I could say, oh, here's the Spirit. Spirit, you lead me here when I'm in church. Like you lead how I sing. You lead how I study the Bible. That'll be great. But how I spend my money, how I save my money, how I give my money, how I treat my wife, how I treat my enemies, you're telling me in every part of my life, I need to be led by the Spirit. Again, I am a follower. I seek to follow God daily doing what? being daily led by the Spirit. So how do we do that? <laughs> I mean, how do we, if th this is awesome, great, pastor, like the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me and I've got the power and presence of God residing in me if I'm a follower of Jesus. How do I make sure the Spirit of God's leading me and not my own thoughts, not my own desires, not my own flesh, not my own selfish ways? Well, in order to be daily led by the Spirit, we must be daily directed by his word. The psalmist says it this way, your word is what? A lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. God's word must illuminate how we live and follow Jesus. I'll say it a different way. God's word determines how we live and follow Jesus. Now, when do you need a lamp? When do you need a light? Like when you're standing in a dark room. But here's, here's the reality. You don't need a lamp and you don't need a light if you stand still. If you hold on to mediocrity and say good enough is good enough and I don't care anything about making progress in my faith, then you don't need a lamp, you don't need a light because you're standing still. Mediocrity is where you are in your faith. Do you want that to be the word for you in 2022? Like you know how some people exchange and they'll talk in community groups, what's your word for this year? I think it'd be hilarious to be like mediocrity survival, you know? But if you decide, and this is your decision, it's your decision. If you decide to take new ground and say, you know what? I do want to grow in my life. I want to be led by the spirit and directed by the word. I want to take some steps of faith so that I make progress. I know I'm not going to be perfect. 
And this year will have ups and downs, but I'm gonna grow my faith. If you decide to do that, let me just let you know, once you begin to move around the darkness of the room, you will be desperately dependent upon the light and lamp of God's word and truth. The only exception is if you stay in a room that you're very familiar with. If you and I, there are rooms in your house, I bet, if you've lived there long enough, that I could turn off all the lights, blacken the windows, and you could navigate that room without busting your shin. You could do it. Same way with our faith. Many of us, myself included, I'm not judging you, let's just look at me. We're not trying to go anywhere or do anything for God that we haven't done before. So we stay safe and comfortable where it's familiar and we don't have a desperate need for a lamp or a light in our life. But don't miss this. If you decide at some point, I wanna be led by the spirit, just know this. The spirit of God is going to take you to people and places that's gonna require great faith. And when you need that faith, you will desperately need that direction of God's lamp, of God's light into your life. The question I have to ask myself and you have to ask yourself is do I wanna live a mediocre, fearful life or do I wanna be a fearless follower of Jesus? Because a fearless follower of Jesus is daily led by a spirit and directed by his word. So how Let's, let's get real practical because one of the things I, I try to do as best I can is get this down to where we really live because when we use a language like the Spirit, it's like, okay, that's kind of like, what does that look like? How do I operate in that? Let me just say it this way. If today, for some reason, you decide that, man, God brought me here for this reason, I wanna be led by a Spirit, the only way to be led by a Spirit is to be faithfully directed by His Word. There's a link between the Spirit of God and the Word of God. What does it look like to be directed by the Word of God? It looks like you and I reading it, not just on Sunday morning, but reading it and asking this question, what does it say? Not what do I want it to say, what does it really say? And let me just encourage you this. There are parts of the Bible, maybe as much as 10 or even 15%, that's really hard to understand. But that means that 85 to 90% of what you're gonna read in the Bible and I'm gonna read in the Bible is really clear. Easy to understand, hard to live out. As you begin to look through this thing, you begin to not just read it, but you, you begin to learn it. What does it mean? And the Bible can never mean what it never meant. In other words, we're taking the extra step and we're saying, okay, so when the apostle Paul was writing to the church in, in Rome, what, what was the spirit of God saying through him? to that church. What did it really mean? Not do I, what I want it to mean. What does it really mean? Now, let me just let you know, these two are very safe and they're very church friendly. If you can read it, if you can learn it, if you can quote it and you can talk about doctrine, you can navigate through a bunch of social situations in any church. You can go to a community group and you can look like the know-it-all and people think you're spiritually strong and you can remain spiritually immature and weak. Is that what you want? Because a follower is daily led by the Spirit, directed by the Word. A follower makes progress, not perfection, but progress in their faith. The only thing that I've ever seen in my life and the life of others that, that brings about transformation is when people move from just reading it and learning it to living it. It's when you and I have enough faith in God and His Word and His way to actually do what it says. We're making that phone call and we're forgiving that person that the Bible says we've got to forgive even though we don't want to. We're practicing generosity and love. We're doing the things that we see in scripture in an amazing way. And as we do that, God begins to transform us. And it's not just about us. He wants us to share it with people. Who do you share Jesus with? Who do I share Jesus with? Who in your life right now knows Christ 
and maybe one step farther is growing in Christ because of you. How do we share it? How do we read it, learn it, live it, share it? Now, let me tell you this. Don't miss this. As you and I begin to be directed by his word, as we begin to do these things and enact them and actually go put this thing into practice, we will begin to hear God's voice through God's spirit. The spirit of God will begin to speak to us. Why? Because we hear God's spirit when we obey God's word. You might think today, man, I really want to be led by the spirit. What should I do? Should I go, you know, get in some, you know, weird situation like a monastery or, or, or some situation that, that allows me to have some kind of spiritual moment? I'm telling you, the best way to hear the spirit of God is to obey his word. And as you obey his word and live this thing out, the spirit of God, the voice of God gets louder and louder in your heart and life. And all of a sudden you look up one day and you're being led by the spirit and directed by the word. Led by the Spirit, directed by the Word. So, Jesus knew this as well. And Jesus linked the Word of God and the Spirit of God because the Word of God confirms what we believe the Spirit of God is saying. So when you are, the way the Spirit of God speaks to me, the most common thing is, is random thoughts and emotions. So I'll get a thought and I'm like, I think God wants me to call that person. I think God wants me to say this. I feel, sometimes there's feelings, I feel this great compassion towards this situation. I need, to, I need to take action, something about this. So I'm assuming that's the spirit. But we always have to test these thoughts and feelings and we test them by God's word. What does God's word say? Right before Jesus gets arrested, tried and ultimately executed on the cross, listen to this prayer he makes to the father. He says, God, my prayer for, he's talking about us now, for followers of Jesus, is to make them holy, make them separate from the world. How? By your truth. So how's God gonna do that? By teaching them what? Your word. Teach them your word because your word is truth. In the same way, Jesus said, look, here's what's gonna happen. I'm going to leave and that's a really good thing because when I leave, the spirit of truth is going to come. Spirit of what? Truth. Again, the spirit of God linking us to the truth of God, which is the word of God. And he will do what? He will guide you into all truth. Led by the spirit, directed by the word. If you wanna be led by the spirit, you have to be directed by the word. If you wanna be directed by the word, you have to be led by the spirit. They feed into one another. So as you are directed by the word and the word of God directs you, you will hear the spirit of God louder and louder and louder in your life. You will be able to say, I'm a follower. I am a follower. I seek to follow God daily, being led by the Spirit and directed by the Word. I'm gonna give you two diagnostic questions you can ask yourself. One is this one right here, Monday, right? Many of you are going back to work, back to school, boo, right, right? We go back. At the end of tomorrow, Monday, ask yourself, how's God's Word directing me today? Or how did God's Word direct me? Did you read it? If you didn't read it, did you learn it? In other words, were you meditating or thinking about it? Did you share it? Did you live it? If we go a day, if we go a week, if we go a month, and, and our question is like very minimal to none, then just know you and I aren't following Jesus. We have a set of beliefs. We may be a member of a church. We may be a leader of a community group, but we're not following Jesus because we're not being directed by his word. And when we're not being directed by his word, we can't answer the next question. What's God's spirit saying to me? Let me tell you, don't miss this. God wants to speak to you personally and specifically. 
not just through a mediator. I think we come to church and, and we hope that the pastor has prayed and studied the scripture and somehow will communicate so we can hear God's voice. And I pray the same thing. I'm praying that God will somehow give me the thoughts and the right words to put on the screen and to say such that it's his words and not mine. But God wants more than that for you. He wants to talk to you personally, like almost face to face, his spirit inside of you speaking to you. So again, are you a follower? Are you led by the spirit and directed by the word? Not, not just do you believe a set of distinct intellectual declarative statements. Do you follow Jesus? Now, here at Fearless Church, we do something unique. I have heard of other churches doing this, uh, so we're not the only one. But every January, what we like to do is we like to give everyone in our church family, so if you're a guest, you can join us in this, a chance to reevaluate and recommit. Reflect, reevaluate, recommit, that kind of stuff. And, and what we mean by that is God calling you. We, of course, want you, but more than that, we want God's will. Is God calling you to be a member at Fearless Church? And here's what I'm asking you to do. If Fearless Church is your church family, or if you're a guest, I'm asking you to do the same thing. I want you to spend the month of January thinking and praying about, like, God, do you want me to join this church? Is this where you want me in this season of life? And what I want for you is whatever God wants for you, that you would obey God in whatever that may and mean. And here at Fearless Church, like, membership is all about commitment. In fact, we say it this way. It's an all-in commitment. It's not halfway because Jesus doesn't call us to follow him halfway. It's an all-in commitment to do what? To follow God's son, just like we've been talking about. Led by the Spirit, directed by the Word, where? At Fearless Church. In other words, when you say I'm an all-in member, you're saying, hey, I want all of you to hold me accountable. I want all of you to, to expect me and encourage me and build me up and even correct or redirect me when I'm not being led by the Spirit or directed by the Word. It's an all-in commitment to connect to God's people get connected here at Fearless Church to actually be known by other people and you would know other people. To be a contributor to God's mission, to serve at Fearless Church, to give at Fearless Church, all these kind of things. And so over the next month, I want you to think about it and pray about it, reflect, reevaluate. For some of you, you've been members since March of 2020 when we first started Fearless Church and you're like, yep, I'm, I'm supposed to be all in it. I still want you to pause and say, God, is this the right place? Again, a lot of y'all know we're a river church, not a lake. We're not trying to grow our church bigger and bigger and bigger. We're trying to help get people equipped and challenged. And this may be the year you're supposed to go like a river, flow out and serve the Lord elsewhere. But I wanna challenge you to pray and think about that. And again, like we talked about today, the most important commitment that you'll make in your life is to follow God's son. Why? Because that's, that's the greatest win you'll ever have. The win that says, I am a follower. I am a a follower. Can you say that? Has there been a point in your life where it moved from just believing some stuff or maybe moved from just being a prayer you said a long time ago at a church or maybe even simply uh, an act of baptism where you, you got baptized and there's a day and that's great because when we follow Jesus, we're supposed to go public with our faith. The New Testament tells us we're supposed to be baptized, buried with Christ and raised to walk a new life. Baptism is awesome, but have you moved since that day? Are you being led by the Spirit and directed by the Word? What could it look like? What should it look like in 2022 for you to be a follower, daily led by the Spirit and directed by the Word?